When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello and welcome to the latest Talking City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. And unlike normal episodes, it's not Rich or Ash who uh, is introducing it today. I'm the guest and I'm introducing it. I'm Ian Cheeseman and uh, I'm actually here at one of the hotels in Gelsenkirchen where City are playing Schalke tonight with Stuart Brennan uh, of the Manchester Evening News, of course. So uh, I'm welcoming you to your own podcast, Stuart. Guten Tag, Ian. Guten Tag. <laughs> so... I think it's appropriate that I kick off by asking you a question because you were at the press conference last night. You got the the you know the feel, the team news, and all the rest of it, uh, and and anything else that happens. So tell us what happened. Well, the, the news line from it was the fact that uh, we knew Gabriel Jesus and John Stones hadn't travelled. Um, I mean, Stones is one of only a few players who've played in every Champions League game this season, uh, so that was perhaps a little bit concerning, um, but. Uh, Pep said that he, Gabriel Jesus felt his hamstring at the end of the Newport game, which is strange because we saw him coming through and there was no sign of him limping or anything like that. Um, but he's, he said he doesn't think it's a serious problem. Uh, and John Stones pulled up with a bit of a groin problem in training um, on Monday. So, But again, he said he doesn't think it's a serious problem. So those two were left at home. Um, Benjamin Mendes left at home because obviously he's still getting better and um, Fabian Delph um, we didn't really get the chance to ask a follow up question on Delph because he's not been involved since he got that red card um, so that's perhaps one for a future press conference um, but the company I attack it's not here the company is here yes yeah I mean that's that's a plus side of it uh, we were discussing that I was discussing that with a couple of the, the national newspaper lads this morning at breakfast whether whether company might play because he he does tend to turn to Vinny when he when he's got a big game. You remember he after those two defeats, Leicester and Palace, he brought him in and he he played at Southampton and and against Liverpool uh, and shored things up. Uh, last season he turned to company when he was fit, didn't he? The second half of the season he, he played almost every game. Um, so he obviously sees company as somebody who can turn to when there's a big game. Uh, the only concern of that, of course, he's not played since January the third. Uh, you you just wonder a little bit about his fitness, but uh, the fact that he's travelled, you kind of think if, if you've got Vincent Company in your squad, you use him, don't you? So, uh, so yeah, there's every every chance that that Vinny will uh, that Vinny will play tonight. Um, maybe a little bit of a surprise, but uh, nothing surprises you with Pep and his team selections, does it? No, no. I mean, I've I wonder what the atmosphere was as well because you look at the team selection at Newport and. It felt to me as if that was not exactly a second string, but it was preparing for the bigger games to come, which was Schalke and Carabao Cup final. Mm -hmm. Um, So you would think that he's going to pick his strongest available 11 tonight. Uh, And yet, I know from my affection for Schalke as my second team that they're playing abysmally at the moment. They drew nil-nil at the weekend. Mm. I've just spoken to a mate of mine who's a Schalke fan who was at the game who said, and I quote... That's the worst Schalke performance I have ever seen. 
Mm. Now, that's a big statement from a lad who goes home and away and watches them every week. So if that's the form that they're showing going into this, even though it's Champions League and even though you can't take anything for granted, you almost wonder whether the priority, especially because it's two legs, whether the priority of sort of picking a stronger team in this game isn't as, as necessary as perhaps it might have felt if it had been different opposition. Yeah, I mean, Pep was asked a little bit about that last night, the fact that Schalke haven't been doing particularly well. And he, he said what you just said, it's, this is a Champions League, you know, they're, they're there on merit. Um, and he, he talked about whenever he came here with Bayern, they always, he said they always fight, they always fight and struggle, Schalke. You're not going to, you know, and they're expecting exactly that. And it, you know, they, they've got nothing to lose. They are the underdogs. Um, it's not often... This is a long, you know. It used to be the case that when English clubs played German clubs, perhaps it was the other way around. But but these days it isn't. You know, you, last night you expected Liverpool to beat Bayern, for instance. Um, so Schalke are very much the underdogs. They're on their own patch, and you know better than anyone. They've got a really passionate, big support. They'll make it uncomfortable for City tomorrow tonight. Um, so you know, he will. He will. He will play his strongest team. I mean, the fact that. I, the team that he picked at Newport was a, was an indication, and I, th- I think the, the whole front three will change. Obviously, Jesus isn't fit anyway, so that has to happen. But I, I think it'll be Aguero, Sterling, and Bernardo as the front three, and then the uh, the midfield three. Obviously, Fernandinho should stay in, um, but uh, I would expect Gundogan and Kevin De Bruyne to come in as well, um, and then the defence pretty much looks after itself. It'll be, be Walker, and then either Company or Otamendi. Laporte, and I would, I would, I would guess Zinchenko again. You know, Delft's been left at home. There's, there's, there's not, not a great deal of option, unless of course he does what he's done recently and puts Laporte at left back and plays company and Otamendi as a centre backs, which is a very much a viable option. Um, so that was a cleaning lady making, a, <laughs> making an interruption because yeah. we're doing this in the glamorous surroundings of Stuart's suite at the hotel in yeah. Girls and Geeking. I'm in the penthouse suite that was the butler yeah. <laughs> the, the, the joys of live broadcasting eh? um, yeah it's all completely lost my thread now after the uh, the cleaner interrupted well I'll us, pick but... it up for you because you were going through the whole team yeah. I mean I, I can see Zinchenko starting I wondered yeah. whether Sane might obviously he was born in Essen, which is not too far away from here. Mm. But he, he grew up and came through Schalke's academy. Gundogan, I know, but you, you'll know this as well because I know you've written an article on it. Mm. That Gundogan uh, did st- have a little spell in Schalke's youth setup, yeah. but then went to arch enemies Dortmund. But he grew up in Gelsenkirchen. Yes, I think he went to the same school as uh, as uh, Meza Özil. Mm-hmm. So they have, they have, you know, there's quite a, a large Turkish expat population in Gelsenkirchen. Yeah, so it's a special game for them mm-hmm. so you, you know does that play a part does, you know I, that's what's going through my mind as Pep think and Gundogan by the way is, uh, uh, who's been playing really well recently I mean even the cameo he played at Newport mm-hmm. um, as soon as he came on it to me felt like he was adding quality yeah. and I know he's um, a much debated player among City fans mm-hmm. there are some um, you know that, that wonder what he's about and question his, his contribution I'm not one of them I think he's a yeah. fabulous player Play with great vision and great, great awareness, and sometimes I mean, I, I, this might seem a bizarre throwback, and I know well, you'll you'll be old enough to remember Kazu Dana when he came to mm-hmm. City, the Polish great Polish player, yeah. and and when he first came, there were so few 
uh, foreign players, continental players who played in the Premier League, that it was quite a big statement. And what I felt as a City fan watching him when he came in was a frustration that I feel now among some City fans about Gundogan in that what Dana would do, would he wouldn't, he'd try not to waste a pass or a ball. Mm. And so therefore, when he got to the edge of the penalty area, and I know he was a striker, so he was more, you know, uh, more likely to shoot at goal, but when he got anywhere near the penalty area, he wouldn't always just whack a shot in when all the crowd are going, come on, it's it, it's it. He wouldn't do that. He'd, mm. he'd think, well, no, there's, I'm not going to shoot because the guy's going to block it mm. or there might be a better pass on him if I hold on to it for three more seconds. Mm. And I feel as if sometimes that's what Gundogan yeah. does, that yeah. you know, that he delays. So obviously it'd be a big emotional game for him tonight and it would be a big emotional game for, for Sane, but you don't feel as if either of those I'd, are going to start, do you? Oh, yeah, I think Gundogan will start. Yeah. Yeah, I think Gundogan Oh, well, no, actually. Yeah, yeah, I said Gundogan, didn't I? Gundogan and De Bruyne in front of Fernandinho. Yeah, I think he'll be in on merit. I think I think Pep really likes him. It's funny because, I mean, football fans, there are different kinds of football fans, aren't they? Because you, you think back to when Yaya Toure uh, played at City and the people who thought that Yaya Toure's role in the team was picking the ball up, steaming forwards 40 yards and smashing one in the top corner... Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what he was all about. But uh, you, you like me, thought that his main role in the team wasn't that at all. That was like a bit of a decoration. That was an ornament to his game. It, what he was really about was just getting the ball and giving it simple and then taking it back and creating space for others just by doing that, just keeping everything ticking. He kept he he, he dictated the rhythm of every game that he played in uh, and just, just kept that midfield moving. And Gundogan does a similar job. Mm. Uh, but he doesn't do that other side of what... You know, he doesn't get the ball and run 40 yards and smash it in the top corner. Although he has scored a few spectacular goals. Uh, but he doesn't do that. He doesn't. He's not that Yaya player. But he is that Yaya player in terms of dictating the rhythm and just just sort of giving and taking. And, and be, he's an incredibly smart player, isn't he? Mm. Um, and that that's what he gets. And Pep sees that all the time. And that's why he, he, he now seems to be first choice ahead of David Silva. And that's saying something because Silva was brilliant in the first part of the season. Um, I mean, Pep said at the start of the season that Silva wouldn't play every game this season. He's obviously winding him down a little bit. Uh, perhaps saving his legs to try and get as much out of him as as he can do, um, but Gundogan has really really stepped up to the extent that we always thought Bernardo Silva would be the man who stepped in to David Silva's boots, but it's at the point now where Bernardo has been switched back out to the right where he, he played most of last season, um, just because Pep wants to get them all in. You know, he wants all his form players in the team. That, I mean, that was one thing actually that struck me last night. He, he was asked about Bernardo Silva, uh, Pep. Uh, somebody asked him, uh, "Will he become one of the biggest stars of Portugal?" Yeah, and Pep, Pep said, "He already is the biggest star in Portugal." Now we all looked at each other because we were thinking, "Is, is that a deliberate jab at Cristiano Ronaldo?" <laughs> you know, um, I mean, Pep would probably say, "Well, Cristiano Ronaldo isn't in Portugal, the team at the minute, because he's taking time out while he sorts out personal issues, isn't he?" So you know, perhaps he would even make that as an excuse, but. Um, I I think back to the last World Cup when Portugal were playing Uruguay and they were 2-1 down and Bernardo was out on the right-hand side and everyone was trying to just... They were trying to get the ball to Ronaldo to do something like, you know, like teams have done in the past. Give it Ronaldo and let him do something. And he was having an absolute nightmare. Nothing was coming off for him. He, He was poor. And then the Portuguese manager switched Bernardo into that central position and Bernardo started running the game. 
he was just brilliant and they nearly came back Portugal he did everything uh, bar put the ball in the net you know he was sort of passing it he was making space he was making runs he was winning the ball back um, so that's Bernardo in that in that central role but he's he's been shoved out on the, he's been shoved out on the wing but he's still massively effective from out there you know he's still a really really good player um so yeah i mean that's the problem he's got at the moment he's cramming all the all the talents in all all the talents into into one midfield uh and he's finding solutions for it at the minute but it means that somebody misses out and it's david silver you know and the, the the thought of a city team without David Silva always saddens you, doesn't it? You know, because yeah, he's just does. such a brilliant player to watch, and he's, he's such an effective player as well. But he's not a bad player to have on the bench, you know. And he's, he's a good player to have in the squad as well, with all his experience. So um, it's not the end of the world, really. Well, we'll see what the team selection is tonight. Either way, looking at it from having a little bit more. I wouldn't call it expertise, but a bit more knowledge of Schalke than I would normally have of their opponents. I don't see them being much of a goal threat. Um, Nastasic obviously is a player that City fans know quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a possibility that Matondo might play, although I'm not convinced yet that he's a starter for Schalke, but maybe the, there is the possibility that their coach, Domenico uh, Tedesco, will pick him because... Um, they think you know it's a big game for him. He might lift his game, but at this stage, as much as you and I have seen Matondo playing for City's EDS and youth teams, etc., um, and he is such a fast player mm. who could have a really big future. I don't see him as being a player to be a threat to City at the moment. Um, Caliguri is the, he's probably the player I would look at of their players and think he's possibly a threat. Um, but he's not a consistent threat in the games I see, and the rest of the side um, fairly. And this, you know, I, I, as I say, I've got a bit of an affection for Schalke. It is not very effective, frankly. Right. So I, right. I mean, the atmosphere. You're right. Will be will be big. I mean, they have one end which is normally standing end, which which will be conve- con- converted to seats tonight. So that reduces the capacity. Um, but that's where the noise will come from, the Zood cover, as they call it, mm-hmm. uh, and it will be full, uh, so there'll be fifty odd thousand there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how City cope with that. Um, we saw them play Hoffenheim in the the group stages, and Hoffenheim are a relatively small club. Mm-hmm. You saw that they've now got a, a bigger stadium, uh, but you probably also saw the roots of where they came from, the little yeah. village yeah, uh, nearby. So. That was where they used to play. Schalke is is such a big club in in Germany, but to put it into perspective, you know what we're sat in a hotel at the moment, looking out at the skyline of of uh, Gelsenkirchen. It's just an industrial town, um, and it is really a town, probably about the same size as Oldham if you take into account the whole uh, area of Oldham with Royton and Saddleworth, etc. Mm. So it's amazing that they have a club of such stature and so big. And yet they're the perennial underachievers. You can see parallels with where City used to be years ago because um, although they've been mainly in the Bundesliga, they haven't been a a team that have dominated the Bundesliga. They haven't won their own domestic title since 1958. They've won a couple of cups. They won the uh, UEFA Cup a few years ago, but they haven't actually done fulfilled their potential they're a frustrating club mm. but they're fan owned and of course a lot's talked about things like prices and the way that they look after the fans which is very 
very laudable, but they're not a rich club like the Premier League clubs are. So there is a big, mm. big difference between them. Yeah, I mean, it, they are underdogs. But I think back to when City played Leon at the start of the season and everyone was saying Leon had started the season badly. They weren't very good. I mean, Offenheim was similar, but Leon gave City all kinds of problems. You know, probably more than anybody has this season. Um, City didn't find it that easy against Offenheim either, you know. So the, I, I think you think form goes out the window a little bit when you're talking, talking Champions League. I mean, Schalke have obviously got the problems in Bundesliga, but they can sort of close that book. And tonight it's a, it's a bit like... It's a free hit for them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, it is. They've got not got a lot to lose. I mean, they've had some heavy defeats, haven't they, to, to English clubs in recent years. Was it, was it Chelsea came here and won 5-0 recently? And mm-hmm. uh, and then I think they came a couple of years later and, and won 3-0. Um, and people are expecting that kind of scoreline, but I think City will be happy with with any result, really. I think they'd be happy to come away with a draw, as long as they score. I love that that that, that cliche, they'll come away with any result. What do you mean by that? You mean <laughs> well, any, any result apart from a defeat, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah I apologise for that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I'd, obviously Pep's always ultra-respectful of clubs, Um and he, he treated Newport the way he would treat anybody else. You know, uh, he put put a strong enough team out, and it was interesting because Michael Flynn, the Newport manager, said afterwards that he, he thanked Pep for. He said thanks for showing respect to our club by picking the team that he did, um, and he, he'll certainly show respect to, to Schalke tonight. I think he'll play as strong a team as he as he possibly can. Um, and like you say, it's the Carabao Cup final on Sunday, so. He'll want to he'll he'll want to win that. So again, it'll be a bit the strongest team that he can put out. Whatever Pep deems to be his strongest team at that moment. See, I wonder whether I'm not suggesting he won't pick a strong team tonight, but whether actually, give he might not want to say it publicly, but given that he knows Schalke's form's not great, the fact that there is a second leg to come in the unlikely event that it was to go badly wrong tonight, I wonder whether actually he'll have in mind. Um, even if it's only in the way he uses substitutes, the game on Sunday uh, far more at the uppermost of his mind rather than how it might have been in the background a little bit at this stage. I don't think so. I think he's just. I don't think he thinks that way, Pep. I think he'll. This is the biggest game on the planet for him right now. I don't think he'll be even thinking of, about the Carabao Cup final. Uh, he's quite prepared to flog his players. Um, the fact that Fernandinho played at Newport was was you know a major surprise, but. It just shows you how he feels about things. You know, no manager in the right mind would have played for Nandino uh, at Newport, but perhaps the fact that Pep doesn't think like other managers—that's what makes him such a brilliant coach and such a great, a great manager and, and such a success. Um, and Fernandinho will be—you know—we both know Fernandinho. We know his thoughts on it. He wants to play every game. You know, he hates it when he's not left, when he's not in the team. So. Uh, He'd be perfectly happy about it. Um, so I, I don't think he thinks that way at all. I think he'll be perfectly happy to, to play his strongest team tonight. I'd even play the same eleven against Chelsea on, on Sunday without without giving it a second thought, I don't think. Um, even though there's West Ham, of course, to come the following Wednesday in the league. Yeah, so so although game. we've been thinking a lot about this sequence of, of uh, Newport, you can perhaps pick a slightly weaker team, rotate a few, but then you've got to pick your strongest for, for Schalke in the Carabao Cup final. Yeah. Well, it's not, it can't be an afterthought, West Ham, can it? No, it can't. But the, the thing is that this And then so, Bournemouth, of course. Yeah, but 
he's got so many players in the squad now who are operating at a high level that you can, you can as long as he doesn't get injuries, he can just keep rotating them and and they don't lose anything. You know, you you take you put you put Gundogan in, you take him out, you put David Silver in. Um, I know Mara's hasn't quite lived up to to his uh, his record transfer, but you do. It's like Pep said, if if he'd got a run of games, he probably would do. I think Mara's has suffered from that badly. The fact that he he's been put in and then taken out and then put in and taken out. Uh, I think it's probably hurt his confidence. It's hurt. He's he's got he's got no flow to his game. Um, but again, he's a player that you wouldn't hesitate in putting in against West Ham. You wouldn't hesitate in putting him into the Carabao Cup final. Um, You're saying Sa- that. Sane he's... can come in and out as well. You know, he's saying that about Mares, and 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 I'm going to risk now the wrath of some City fans by by being negative because I wouldn't boo. I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually be negative towards a player. But I'm not convinced at all mm-hmm. that you can just slot Mares into the Carabao Cup final or the West Ham game. Mm-hmm. Whether it's because he hasn't had this continuity of mm-hmm. of playing, that's an arguable point. But at the moment, he seems too predictable in everything that he does. Right. You know, when you watch him, that yes, his control's brilliant. He, kill, he can kill a ball on a sixpence or a two p or whatever. You know, I want to translate it. Um, you know, he can do that brilliantly. But then you know what you know. I know what he's going to do. Mm. He, he feigns to go right. He does a step over. He turns in, opens his body up, and then either sends in a, a bending cross, a bending pass, a sideways pass. Um, or, or or a shot at goal that goes well, over that's the bar. four different options. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but you know, you want, in the city team where the, yeah. where it's all about quick interchange of passing and movement, you don't see that from yeah. Mares. Doesn't get off of that movement, does he? Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you, I get what you're saying. Uh, I I think I mean he was a class act when when Leicester won the league. He was a major reason that they, they won the league, and you don't lose that overnight. Um, I just think that at Leicester he was he was a big fish, wasn't he, in a small pond? And I think he's come to City, uh, and he's he's in a much bigger pond, and there are a lot of other big fish around him. And I think he's struggled a little bit with that. He was under no threat at Leicester, and I think there are players who are like that, aren't they? They, they thrive when they know that they're going to be picked week in week out, and the the confidence is is big, and they and they they get a, a rhythm to the game. Um, but at City. If if your standard slips for one game, you're out, and you've got Bernardo Silva, you've got Raheem Sterling, you've got Leroy Sane, all of whom have been really really good this season, um, and it's it's difficult to get back in again. You've got to, you've got to seize that one chance when you get the chance, like he did at Newport, uh, and he didn't really at Newport. I, and um, there, there are a couple of moments that, that concerned me about him. One where he he jumped out the way of a challenge. And if he'd have stood his ground, he would have won a penalty. Um, sometimes you've got to be brave for the team. He would he would have got hurt. I wouldn't have suggested he got seriously hurt because he, you know, he could have taken the contact and and it uh, would have taken him down. Um, but he'd, he'd move the ball out of the way of the challenge and then jumped out of the way of the challenge. Uh, it was like self-preservation um, when you're thinking that was a penalty. If you stand your ground. Uh, and I suspect that Sterling would have stood his ground in that situation. I suspect Bernardo Silva would have stood his ground. Uh, I suspect Sane would have. I'm not 100% convinced by that, but I, I suspect he would have done. Um, but Mares looked looked to himself rather than looking to win the penalty. Um, so there's little things like that that, that you do sort of think, mm, yeah, perhaps he's not. There are little bits missing from him 
to play at the kind of level that City demand. Um, but in terms of ability and, and everything else, I think he's I think he's top class. Uh, and I, I hope he does. I hope he does get a run in the game in in the team, and I hope that he, he he comes good because he's a brilliant player to watch when he's when he's in full flow. He's one of those players that you, you'd pay to go and see. Um, so I, I hope it doesn't end badly for him, and that he just sort of uh, fizzles out and ends up moving for fifteen twenty million at the end of the season. Uh, right now, you could see that happening, um, but uh, I hope it doesn't. It's an amazing situation that City are in at the moment, isn't it? They're playing tonight um, for a place in the quarter-finals of the Champions League. They're in the quarter-finals of the FA Cup. They're in the Carabao Cup final at the top of the Premier League. Mm. Um, and we're now coming towards the end of February. You know, and, and, and I look at it from a sort of lifelong fan's perspective, as well as being a journalist who's covered the club for a long time now, has been on the precipice of potentially great things. And I know that players are playing it down and Kevin De Bruyne has said in you know when he was asked directly is the quadruple on and everything it was sort of what we, we do, are you aiming to win all trophies I think was the question mm. and he said no we're aiming to win all games yeah um and I, 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 I don't know how often we ask this within the podcast but you know do you, you know I'm, my my feeling is City can't win the quadruple but I don't know if that's because I'm a fan and so therefore being a City fan as well, you have that reluctance to be too confident. Yeah. Do, 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 you, do you feel it, is it's possible? Well, I'm not a City fan, as you know. Um, and I, th- I think it is possible. I think it, it's... In, I wouldn't put my house on it, but I think it's possible. You think back to when Pep won six trophies in the season, and it, he's got that belief. I mean, you ask him about winning all four trophies, and he'll shake his head, he'll swear, he'll just say you're talking nonsense, but inside... I know that he thinks we can do this. How do you follow last season, 100-point season? Uh, the only way of doing it is to do something like that. Some, something That was something that nobody had ever done before. Now he's thinking, well, if we win all four, nobody's done that before. Obviously, United have won What's all four. What's he do next three. season if that happens? Well, I know it's jumping pro- ahead. He'll probably resign. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It, when you ask a player about it, they're quite open about it usually. I mean, Zinchenko, Phil Foden said it at the weekend. Well, yeah, why not? We'll go for all four. Because why wouldn't you? Why would you not try and win all four trophies? Um, it's whether it's possible or not. But most, like Kevin De Bruyne, did a very long-winded way of saying, we're just going to take each day as, each game as it comes. <laughs> they all, they all, they're all avoiding saying that because it's such a cliche. But that is basically what they say. And it, it is a cliche because it's true. Cliches are always true, aren't they? Uh, and, and that's what they do. And you've just got to look at this game tonight and say, right, let's go out and win this game. And then you look at the Carabao Cup and, you know, it's the oldest cliche in the book. But it's the only way of approaching it. And Pep, Pep, know, Pep knows that this team is capable of winning the lot. If you can keep them all... all Uninjured, uh, and probably need a little bit of luck at some point because I mean, uh, making the huge assumption that they're going to get past Schalke, which I don't think is a given. Um, they're going to play some. There's some very good teams in this in the Champions League, but there's, there's no reason why they can't. Uh, you know, the, you'd back them to beat Chelsea on Sunday. That's one trophy in the bag. There's not a lot left in the FA Cup, you know. There's probably United are obviously the United and City are two outstanding teams. 
and the third team is Wolves and United are playing them so that's that's one of those two out of the way you'd expect United to go there and win um, I don't think we would con- contain your giddiness if uh, if City had to beat United to to win the domestic treble couldn't they? <laughs> I don't know about giddiness I think I'd be um, slightly anxious about it all I'd rather it wasn't that scenario I'd be dying of overwork <laughs> So, I mean, I don't think this podcast needs to be quite as long as some of the podcasts because obviously there's a limited amount of time before the game. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to finish off by bringing up one other subject, which which is the way to conclude it, really. It, it brings Liverpool into the conversation slightly, but also the fact that two German teams have played already in the last 16 of the Champions League. Dortmund, who were the Bundesliga leaders... The, the great arch rivals of Schalke were very meek, and uh, I thought at Tottenham, um, I thought that was a very poor. And I'm not don't want to take it completely away from Tottenham, but I actually thought Dortmund were awful and, and clueless. Really, mm. I didn't watch the game last night. You probably did, um, but the fact is that Bayern got a draw at Liverpool yeah. on one of their great nights under the floodlights with the intimidating atmosphere. <laughs> um, so, and that, and they're only second in the Bundesliga at the moment. So. Do we read into that, you know, a few things? First of all, Liverpool are feeling the nerves because on their big night mm-hmm. at home in the competition that they love, they couldn't even produce a goal. This great team that is supposedly going to win the league ahead of City. Mm. So I say that through clenched teeth. Mm. <laughs> uh, but also the fact that the inconsistency of Bundesliga teams has been perfectly illustrated by those two performances. So does that back up your theory that... Schalke should be uh, looked at differently tonight. Um, I don't. Uh, it's probably my mindset going back years, but I always, I always think whenever you play a German team, you're in for a tough time, even if they're not at the top of the game as Schalke aren't. You know, they're sort of lower mid-table, aren't they? They're, you know, not that they're, far. They're not the, safe. Yeah, yeah. Well, you wouldn't expect them to go and down. They, they drew with Freiburg, who are the team immediately above them at home. And that's the sort of team you'd normally expect them to beat at home, and they couldn't score. But this, you talk again. You're talking about a city team that recently has lost to Newcastle. They've lost to Leicester. They've lost to Crystal Palace. So I don't understand why people think, "Ah, oh, Schalke, it'll be a walkover." I'm pretty sure Schalke might not be great, but they're better than those three teams. They're certainly better than Newcastle, um, and I, I would I would say they're better than Leicester and Crystal Palace as well. So. You, you just you can't take anything for granted in the Premier League, and you certainly can't take anything for granted against the Bundesliga team. We all know what you, you just don't get. Well, I don't see it anyway. I've never seen a German team in European competition that you thought, God, they're terrible. You know, even if they've not got the greatest players, even if they've not got a a, a great form guy to look at, you still think these are going to be tough and I think Schalke will be tough tonight I think the fans will fire them up and they'll have a real go they've got nothing to lose uh, and City I think City will have to be on top of the game I didn't see uh, well I saw Liverpool Bayern we were in a bar in, in Essen uh, having something to eat and we could just about see a big screen through a welter of bodies uh, so we saw little bits and glimpses of it um, but you, again, you wouldn't. I mean, nil-nil isn't the worst result at home in Champions League. You, you'd back Liverpool to go to Bayern when Bayern have got to start attacking them. You'd back Liverpool to go to Bayern and score. You know, City have done that in recent years, haven't they? They've, they've probably played Bayern better on their own pitch than they have at the Etihad. So uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule rule Liverpool out because of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, German teams are always tough, no doubt about that. 
Well, the only thing I would say is obviously I have a personal relationship with Schalke because my mum was born here in Gelsenkirchen and I've been over here and seen them like 60 times um, and, and follow a lot of their games on TV. So although some City fans have said to me, who are you supporting tonight? There's no doubt in my mind that uh, it's, it's City all the way for me. The way I look at it is if City don't win tonight or they were to go lose in this tie, which I don't personally think is going to happen, I'd rather they lost to Schalke than any other team. That's my way of looking at it. So it will be a, a special game to me, but I personally feel that City are going to be way too good for Schalke. Um, I don't want them to humiliate them. I'd, I'd prefer it to be a sort of... 4-3 on aggregate type of result, which not everybody else might not want, but I'd be quite happy with that. Um, but I do see them going through to the uh, the last eight of the, the Champions League. So uh, thanks very much for listening to the Talking City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. Um, uh, of course, we're on the Acast, so give us a five-star rating, write a review. Uh, we are available on, on other platforms as well. Thanks very much for listening. I'm not sure, I can't say for sure, but I suspect... There may be another podcast ahead of the Carabao Cup final at the weekend. Um, if there is, then we'll see you then. But thanks for listening. See you now.